Yechezkel chapter 35. Yechezkel chapter 35 is a puzzler. It's a, a prophecy. It's a short chapter. And it's a chapter about Har Seir Edom. Edom Seir is basically Esau. And the entire chapter is about Edom. Ben Adam sim panecha har seir behina ve'orav. Human being, mortal, set your face against Mount Seir and prophesy against it. And it's a prophecy about Seir and God's vengeance upon Seir and God's punishment of Seir. Koma Hashem Elohim, hineni elecha har seir, natiti yodi olayich, I'm going to raise my hand, stretch my hand against you, and make you an utter waste. Shmama umishama, that's a term that appears many times in chapter 35. So there's a prophecy against Seir, which is also Edom. In fact, it's interesting that Esau dwells in Mount Seir, has Seir. Esau goes to Seir. Esau who Edom, Esau is Edom. And here, it's interesting that the text of chapter 35 recalls Esau in two other ways. Of course, it's about Esau, it's about Seir. But notice, for example, in verse number 6, Lachain chayani num Hashem Elohim, ki ledam escha v'dam yudefecha, imlo dam soneta v'dam yudefecha. God declares, I will doom you with blood, blood shall pursue you, your bloodthirsty hatred, blood shall pursue you. So there's an emphasis on the word dam. And remember, dam, which is red, of course, is playing on Edom, which is red. Esau is, is a red person. He's very ruddy. And on top of that, we have the story of the red lentil soup. In short, So Esau, Seir, and dam, and of course the word cherev, which appears prominently in chapter 35, we of course recall what Esav is told, the blessing of Esav, after he protests that Yaakov has taken his blessing, and he demands the blessing, and Yisroch says to him, you live by the sword. And if there'll be points in time, you'll be able to overcome your brother's suppression of you, sovereignty over you. And Esav hates a Yaakov because of the blessing that he took, and Esav wants to kill Yaakov. Yaakov runs away to his mother's family's house, to the house of Ravan. That's the story, of course, in the book of Breshit. So here we have a prophecy about Seir, Esav, Edom. But what's interesting is that it's very strange, because earlier in the book of Yechezkel, there are a set of prophecies about nations, it begins in chapter 25, we studied it, and in chapter 25, Yechezkel speaks about four nations, and one of the four nations is Ammon, there's Moab, there's the Pushtim, the Philistines, Ammon, Moab, and the fourth nation is Edom. The fourth nation is Edom. So we already have a prophecy about Edom. Why do we need an additional prophecy about Edom? And not only that, if we do need an additional prophecy of Edom, why isn't it back in chapter 25? So have a longer prophecy about Edom. We saw earlier that there are very lengthy prophecies about Tzor and a very lengthy prophecy about Mitzrayim. So what is chapter 35 doing here? It would appear to be completely out of place. But actually, 
In looking at chapter 35 more carefully, we see that chapter 35 is different from the other chapters. The prophecies about the nations. The prophecies about the nations, seven nations actually, are found. There are the four that I mentioned, this Tzidon, this Tzor, and there's Mitzrayim. So there's seven prophecies about nations earlier in the section about nations. And there the primary focus is on those nations, what they've done wrong. And Yechezkel, like many other prophets, is a prophet to the nations. But chapter 35 would appear as a different function. There's a different focus in chapter 35. And that's, I think, made fairly clear from the continuation. Verse number 10 spells out uh, what the problem with Esau, Edom, Seir is. Chapter 35, verse 10. Yan Amorcha et shnei hagoyim v'yechtei haratzot litiyena v'yirashnua v'ashem sham haya. Lachain chayoni nu mashem Elohim v'yositu ki abcho v'kinotcha asher osita misinotecha bam v'nodati bam kasher eshpetecha. So the problem seems to be, as described in verse number ten. You thought, two nations and two lands shall be mine, and we shall possess them. Shtei arotzot, shnei hagoyim. We remember the two nations. We remember the story in Breshit, when Rebekah becomes pregnant, in chapter 25 of Genesis, and she feels something rumbling inside her. There are children, she's not realizing she has twins perhaps, Something's rumbling inside her. She's very worried about this. She's concerned. She seeks out God. And the divine oracle responds to Rebecca in chapter 25. Two nations are inside you. Two nations shall separate from you. One nation will be greater than the other, will be stronger than the other. The greater shall serve the younger. That's what it seems to say in any event. But they're two separate nations, two separate destinies. And that is the story, actually, in the Torah and, and beyond. The two nations, the two children that are born to Rebekah, the twins, they're twins. But they have two separate destinies. They're very different. Esav Huseir. Esav in Genesis leaves the land. Of his own accord in Genesis chapter 36, he leaves the land. Probably when Jacob was away. Jacob returns 20 years later from the house of Ravan. Esav is no longer in the land. Esav dwells in Seir. Esav dwells, Esav is Edom, very powerful, has his own land. But he's abandoned the land. And Jacob, who suffers in the house of Ravan, who goes through the covenantal suffering of the house of Ravan, that covenantal suffering is what allows you to secure the land. Because in the book of Genesis, that's the covenantal promise. The land is yours in return for, God said to Abraham, Gerut, Avdut, and Inui, being a stranger, being enslaved, and being afflicted. So the two separate nations and the two separate destinies. You can't have both. The reward of Esau in the book of Genesis, is in the here and now. Esau is highly successful in the here and now. He has a whole country. He has enormous power and enormous wealth. He travels with his army of 400 men. 
So he lives in the moment, in the present, which is what Esav wants. Esav is not concerned in the book of Breshid with the future. He's concerned with living in the here and now, and is very good at it. But the covenantal promise of Abraham is not in the here and now. It's also about 400. They will possess the land after 400 years. They'll possess the land after four generations, it says in Genesis 15. When Abraham said, with what shall I possess it? And the answer is, take three sets of animals and another set of birds, cut the animals in half, and God says to Abraham, know very well, your that your descendants will be strangers in a land not theirs, and enslaved. So Esav had his 400 men in the present. His power is now. But Jacob lives for the future. Jacob has a tough life. He goes into exile, loses his favorite son, his daughter is molested, ends up in exile. Story of Shechem, conflict with the children, the story of Joseph, the brothers trying to kill Joseph. One story after the next. But it's all part of the covenantal suffering as far as Jacob sees it. And Jacob goes down to Egypt and he blesses his children about the future. So you can't have both. It's one or the other. If you want the blessing in the here and now, that's your blessing. But don't think you have the other blessing as well. And that's exactly the point of chapter 35. The point is, you said, you said, I can have them both. That's not the case. You didn't pay the price to have them both. The place where God is to be found, which is the sacred space, the land of Canaan, that can't be yours. Because that's part of the deal. The deal is you have this and they have that. And my point about chapter 35, and the reason it's not back with the previous prophecies about the nations, is because chapter 35 and chapter 36 are intimately connected. Because chapter 35 is about one who seeks to co-opt the blessing of, of Israel, the blessing of Jacob, but in chapter 36, as we will see, it's about God's promise to restore Israel to their land. And you can't have both. So therefore, the book of Yechezkel takes the prophecy about Edom, Esau, Seir. We have it earlier. That's about Esau per se. But here, 35 is linked to 36. That is to say, in explaining the specialness of God's place, of God's land, the place to which God plans to restore this people to God's place, that's something that Esau can't have, that Edom can't have. Shouldn't even think of it. Because they agreed earlier to be the nation that goes out, that succeeds in the here and now. Rebecca was told, you have two nations within you, and they're very different. And the story of Genesis is about each one has to get what they are supposed to get what they deserve to get. For Jacob, it's a struggle, because to return to the land, he has to be transformed. He can't remain the old Jacob. He has to go through a transformation. He has to become Israel. He has to wrestle with with the divine and with the human. He has to become a different person. But when he does become a different person, he crosses back into the land. And Asaph is the other nation, other blessings not the blessing of the land. So 35 and 36, two sides of the same coin. 35, it's Ace of thinking he can have this land, he can't. And 36 will be about God restoring Israel to their land.